Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Faith is faith and always comes first in salvation. You can't mix it up and go, well, I was saved because I'm a really good person and and I asked God into my heart. No, that's not at all. You're not a really good person. That's why you came to Christ. We're separated because of our sin. We're saved by faith alone. Faith is believing Jesus, accepting God's free gift of salvation by grace. There's no works of all in it. It's exclusively Christian. No other religion in the world has grace and saved by faith. Some people believe that if they're a good person, do lots of good deeds, then they'll go to heaven. Pastor Mark tells us that salvation does not work that way. A person is not saved by faith and works. A person is saved by faith alone. But the faith that saves is never alone. When we see the fruit or the good deeds come out of someone's faith, then we know for certain that this person is a Christ follower. See, our lives must be changed when we walk and follow Jesus Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 15, with his continuing study entitled, Real Faith is Never Alone. See, that's why we don't use the word too much anymore, I don't, Christian. Because kind of in the United States, not as true today, obviously. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I believe in God. We've already been through that. No, are you following Jesus Christ right now? In other words, are you becoming like him? It's a daily lifestyle. It's something you don't do every three weeks. It's a daily lifestyle of depending upon him. Real faith reaches out in compassion. Like Jesus, it touches people. Jesus is there just kind of enjoying the view. And then somebody comes who's weeping. If we're not careful, we just enjoy the view. Without going, whoa, maybe, maybe I can speak a word of comfort and go over and pray with that person. You see, we saw Jesus doing what? Interacting with whoever. From a garbage truck to a skate park to the delivery room to a wedding. Wherever. A schoolroom. That's what you and I, that's what looks like good works. That's what looks like fruit. That is what looks like action. If I have real saving faith, there'll be evidence. I'll look and live like Jesus. Now turn with me, keep your finger there. Turn with me to John 15. Jesus spoke about this fruit. Paul spoke about fruit. Paul, in fact, is the one that speaks in Galatians. He writes about this fruit that's going to be evidence after you're saved. John 15, 8, here in Melbourne and Vieira, and those watching online, look what Jesus says. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. 
This brings great glory to my Father. Now, this is just one evidence. There's going to be good works. There's going to be all kinds of other things. What is Jesus alluding to with fruit? There's actually five kinds of fruit that I usually define. Let me show you. You can write them down just to remind yourself. If I have real faith, then there's going to be a bold witness in my life. I'm going to be a person that, like Jesus, lost people matter to him. So they're going to matter to me. When God opens a door, now that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to have a boldness to share with that person. Next, godly character. Godly character is the Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. Those characteristics are going to be seen in your life. It's going to, not perfect, none of us, but it's going to happen over and over and over again. That compassion, that caring, that gentleness, that not a person that gets into it all the time. A person is, well, they're just slow to anger. They, they kind of have that peace of God that they get to flow with. Good works. Now, what does he mean by good works? Well, this is another proof that James and John, uh, James and Paul are not arguing. James is saying that there's faith, it's faith alone, but it doesn't stand alone. There's got to be something after that that shows it really was real. Exactly. I don't have time this morning, but Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9, and 10. Paul writes in 8 and 9, faith. You're saved by faith, grace, alone, period, done, finished. But then verse 10 talks about one thing, good works. All these things that God has prepared for you to do. He prepares those divine appointments for you. Good works to show. You guys are doing that. You're on mission trips. You're helping. You're inviting people. I mean, how do all those people get saved at Easter? You guys invited people. You came and prayed. Good works that he has designed for you to do before. Next, generous giving. Now, what does generous giving mean? It doesn't just mean tithes and offerings. Of course it means that. But everything you have is a gift from God. So my most valuable gift from God is my time. Now, you notice the alarm clock. What was Jesus doing at 2.30? Getting up to collect whose garbage? Our garbage. See, he's going for it. He's using his time wisely. Ask yourself this morning, are you using your time wisely? What is my time wisely all about? Well, it's the kingdom of God. Now, first of all, it starts with my family and my spouse. But of course, my devotion time is primary because that's my first relationship. As a pastor, my time is not God and this church. My time is God and my wife and this church. Same for you. It's not your ministry. It doesn't even come before your spouse. And of course, it certainly doesn't come before God. And then last, authentic praise. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Many of you guys had no fruit of the Spirit because you always got here 25 minutes after the service started. You were fruitless. But you're doing better. You're doing fantastic. I watch you put this pour in, kind of rushing to get in here because I'm standing at the door there. Viera, I'm going to be up there one week. No, I don't stand there for that reason. I just want to welcome you. But you're doing better. How can you have praise if you're not here for praise? Two people said amen, but I agree. (laughs) 
How many of you like to sing praise songs when you're outside the church? Amen. Here, now, when you get to heaven, not only is your body going to be way better than it is right now, but some of you, you, you couldn't sing on tune if Jesus was standing next to you. In heaven, perfect harmony. Could I hear an amen? Yeah. You sing, but just be quiet when you sing if that's you. Okay. Now, how many kinds of fruit are there? Lots. I just gave you five of the most. But what about quantities of fruit? This, is, this shows you this ongoing maturity. Let me read them to you. No fruit, fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. I'm 65 years a Christian. I'm still at work. I'm still trying to be more like Jesus every day. Long way to go. Long way to go. But there is more fruit now than there ever was before. That's because God, without me, nothing. With him, everything. And as you begin to do that, God opens more doors to you. But see, it's about you and watching God use you. That's what it's about. Now, one time Jesus said this. Listen, Matthew 7, 20. Here's the words of Jesus himself. By their fruits, you will know them. So Jesus is looking. Is your faith real? There'll be some evidence. There'll be fruits. There'll be good works. There'll be some action in your life. Now, back to James 2.18. James uses another discussion between two people. I'm going to read verse 18. I think because uh, both of these people that you're going to read here claim they have real faith, they are saved. But watch. Verse 18, James 2.18, here in Melbourne, Vieira. Now, someone may argue. Someone may say. Some people have faith. Others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. So James says, as always, there are some people who say they have real faith, but they don't worry about anything after the faith. On the other hand, James says, I can show you that my faith is real by what I do, the evidence of fruit, good works, and action. Now, here's the verse you were waiting for, or the statement, should I say, that you were waiting for. Write this down. This will make it clear. A person is saved by faith alone, but that faith that saves is never alone. The Reformation from Martin Luther, faith alone. You're not saved by faith and good works. It's faith alone, but it never, that faith that saves is never alone. Faith is not a work. You don't, you can't work for your salvation. Faith is faith and always comes first in salvation. You can't mix it up and go, well, I was saved because I'm a really good person and and I asked God into my heart. No, that's not at all. You're not a really good person. That's why you came to Christ. We're separated because of our sin. We're saved by faith alone. Faith is believing Jesus, accepting God's free gift of salvation by grace. There's no works of all in it. It's exclusively Christian. No other religion in the world has grace. And saved by faith. As I told you, we'll be going to Thailand. I've been there many times. It's difficult for me. Because when you go to Thailand, most of the people are Buddhist. And we'll be in the marketplace for sure. And you'll see the temples. The little bit, every, uh, corners, just corners where people go. And they're crying. 
and they weep, and they're on their knees, and they're bringing fruit for the Buddha who can't see, touch, feel, hear, or do anything. They're buying expensive little candles to hold up, and they're weeping. And Linda and I, when we see it, it just kills me because they mean well. Why do you think our missionaries are there? To show them it's grace and grace alone. But it's not much different in America. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, we don't have any Buddhas. We have Buddhist temple right here. We have a mosque right here. We have lots of people sitting in Christian churches this morning that think they have saving faith. There is no faith. They just think by coming to church, they're going to heaven. So see, this is very important. That's why James is writing it. That's why Paul says exactly the same thing. There are two types of religions in the world. Grace and works. Grace is spelled done. It's finished. Works is spelled do. You keep working till you think you're good enough. So I'm going to give you two more things to write. I'll give you time to write them at all our campuses. Again, this is very important for you. If you get it clear in your mind, then you can share this when God opens the door for you. Here are the two. A person is not saved by faith and works. There's no mixture of that. There's no mixture of that at all. You're not saved by faith and works. Second, a person is saved by a faith that works. That's exactly what Paul was trying to say. A faith, a person is saved by a faith that works. Now, where do we have a problem? Well, many people, when they walk up and they get saved, this is why we have to clarify them. Okay, this is the beginning. I don't have time, but maybe while I'm gone, you want to study Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 gives you four people that say they have saving faith. When you study the parable of the, of the sower, three of the four never last. They never were really saved. In fact, one of them, so important, look at me, it's so important, here's what happens. One of them says, and, and, they, and the seed found soil, and it be, began to grow. And the next words are these, and Satan came and stole the word away. He lied. Oh, you didn't get saved? There's no, he stole the word away. And when I was thinking about that as I was preparing this teaching, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, he stole their faith. He stole their faith because they didn't realize there's something that comes afterward. See, a person is saved by a faith that works. There'll be growth. Does that make sense to you? And see, that's exactly what Satan knows. He comes after that. That's why we're so diligent with those new believers. Now, God knows when a person trusts Christ that they are forgiven and justified, declared righteous. But people can't see that work. It's inward. But then a person's lifestyle changes and it becomes like Jesus and we can see the outward change. I can see that. You can see that. You know people who say they're Christians. They're followers of Christ. But you look at their life and if you really don't know them well, you're not going to say anything to them. But, but you know there's no proof. There's no changed life. It, it isn't growing. And here's what I want you to write. This is where James and Paul come together. This is where James and Paul come together. 
Paul usually focuses on the root, the inward part. James is focusing on the inward part, but focusing more on the outward part. Write this down. It's very important. Real faith is the root of salvation. It's the root. It starts by salvation and faith alone. And works are the fruit of salvation. You can't get to salvation by works. It's the outcome of what God is doing in your life. Real faith is the root of our belief, and the fruit is our behavior. You can write that there. The root is belief. The fruit is behavior. That'll help you make sure. See, root is belief. I'm saved because I believe. I I can prove to you I'm saved by my behavior. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. That's exactly why Paul said in Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's master praise. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we could do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, look at verse 19. Here we go back to the beginning. Here we go back to the beginning. Very simple. Watch this. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that. Notice, though, and they shudder. You foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? So this is an amazing fact. Demons are not atheists or agnostics. Demons have biblically correct doctrine about God and Jesus. Do you know this? Look at me. Demons and Satan often have better theological truth than many churches teach. They believe in the existence of God. They believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They know that Jesus has all power and authority and are frightened by it. Look at, look at their reaction. This is amazing to me. Look at their reaction. Matthew 8. They began screaming at him, the demons. Why are you interfering with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? They know where they're going. They're going to be separated in hell forever. Remember, God never created hell for people. He created for demons and Satan. Look at the second interaction. Moreover, demons came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. Wouldn't this be great in a, in a dialogue between atheists and agnostics? To say, well, well, I'm sorry you don't believe, but demons believe. The one that's de- actually in you and causing you to be deluded in your belief. Well, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. But I want you to look at me. Knowing about Christ and believing in the existence of God and Jesus doesn't bring saving faith. You see, intellectual faith with all the right facts is not enough. Truth must be believed, and that truth then will transform you and me. It's not intellectual. It's a life change. It's a heart change. Satan and the demons don't have a personal relationship. They know exactly who he is. They have no personal relationship. None. They've never exercised their faith in him. They've never received him as their personal savior. Now, can I ask you to write this? Faith without a changed life is dead and useless. That's why so many people in our churches are confused. They've never submitted their lives to the lordship. There's never real change. So God wants everyone to know, to be fully convinced, that if you have real faith, then you will be a real 
Christ follower. Now, I know some people say, Pastor Mark, I'm not sure anybody can know if they're really going to heaven. God didn't leave us with that. Do you know the world religions? Nobody guarantees the world religions, the ones that are due. There's no proof in the world. Muslims don't know if they're going to go to heaven or not. Buddhist, Hindu, they, they don't know. We have proof. Look at the verse that John wrote. John, who was a disciple of Jesus. Look at this verse. I write these things to you who believe. Belief is a, a belief that has action to it. It's an ongoing belief. That believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may, say with me, you may, you may know that you what? That you have eternal life. And the only way to know you have eternal life is that your faith is real. Your faith is real. Let me ask you a question here in Melbourne, Vera and those watching online. In a few moments, we're going to take communion. Look at me. Do you have a real personal relationship with God? Today, we've asked you to kind of evaluate yourself. In this service here in Melbourne, Vera, there are some, and online for sure, you've said you're a Christian most of your life. Some of you have never said it, so this is going to be your first time to say, I'd, I'd like to be that person. I'd like to know. I'd like to be changed. But some of you are more difficult because everyone thinks you are, but you don't really care about everyone. The one you want to know about is Jesus because he knows your inside. Do you know that when you die, you go to heaven? Are you certain where you're going to spend eternity? Nothing you have done can keep you at all away from God's grace. See, God isn't interested in our past. Now, some of you this morning used to walk with God, but you got hurt. Some person, maybe me, maybe another Christian, hurt you, and your whole life has been changed since then. You know the statement, hurt people, hurt people. So you become embittered and angry. And you used to walk with God, but you're not walking with God today. You need to come on home because forgiven people learn to forgive people. Come on back and get real. He died for you. He wants a relationship with you. And today, you have to be real and honest. This isn't something we play about. I don't know who or how many. That's not my point. But as we, we interact with people, I've been praying this weekend that people walking through our doors, when they walk out, here's what God wants. Every single one of you knows that you're a real Christian. Or you're not, and you're just not ready. I'm okay with that. But don't play with it long. Because this, this isn't the thing to play with. But I want people walking out the door who are going to be real You wouldn't take an artificial medicine. But some people are playing with their eternal destiny. That is not a game. That's a spiritual battle that you need to solve this morning. Today's teaching may have been very challenging for some of us to hear. We often hear that I'm a good person and so I'm going to heaven or I belong to so-and-so church so I know I'm going to heaven. This isn't the truth. This isn't the right way. A person is saved by faith alone, but faith that saves is never alone. Real faith is the root of salvation, and works are the fruit of salvation. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time here on Lessons for Living as we continue in the book of James. We will be challenged to take a step out in faith and become all that God wants us to be. That means putting our faith into action, leave the doubts behind, and take that step into the unknown. We'll also learn that God will never ask us to walk alone. He will always go wherever He calls us to go. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. See you.